0: 1212, welcome back to On The Number, episode 8, I think it is, episode 8. This one, it's just me, in my new office, in the new house. Kelly and I are officially moved in. We've been here just over a week now, and pretty much everything is done. My garage is what I like to call TPC at Jensen Preserve. I just posted it up on Instagram on my reels, and uh, you're going to see a video actually this week about building out this garage. But Today's podcast, I thought of this a couple weeks ago, really, and then I I threw it up on Instagram to see if people were interested in it, and the response was pretty unanimous. So this episode, yeah, like the title said, it's about turning pro. I get this question asked a lot in Instagram and on YouTube, and I used to do a monthly Q&A on the YouTube channel when I was playing, and the YouTube channel was specifically about professional golf and about playing But obviously, that's changed just a little bit, and uh, people just want to watch me play golf and make vlogs. They don't really want to hear what I have to say on YouTube, but thankfully, this exists now, and this is something that I can do that allows me to just peel back as many layers of the onion as I can about professional golf, about turning pro, about mini tour golf, developmental tour golf, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can get that from these conversations I've had with uh, other players. You learn a lot from that. But what I want to do in today's episode is look back at an article I wrote in my rookie year on the Canadian Tour. In 2008, I was blogging my uh, my experiences on the Canadian Tour. And a little-known website at the time, my golf spy, reached out to me. And we're like, hey, Andrew, we... Um, we love what you're doing. We love how your writing is and would you want to write an article about turning pro? And at the time, I was like for sure, like this would be great and I remember I think it was the Edmonton tournament is when I wrote it out. I was I was really proud of it. And here we are, obviously 12 years later, but my golf spy is definitely not a little known website anymore. It's blown up and this article, I think when you google how to turn pro is very highly searched. And this article would get me a lot of emails over the years and then messages. And um, yeah, it's funny how something from 12 years ago still gets referenced from people. So I've got it pulled up right here. And I'm going to kind of go through it and see what reigns true still to this day and see what has changed. But I will link this article in the show notes here. So if you want to read it yourself, because I'm not going to read word for word, but if you want to read this yourself and pin it because you're thinking about turning pro and you want to know as much as you can, uh, this article will be linked below. So let's dive into this. It's funny. The picture here is, yeah, young Andrew in my Jay Lindenberg? That was yeah, 2008, 24 years old. Wow. Here we go. My name is Andrew Jensen. And I'm a golf pro on the Canadian Tour, along with my Canadian Tour man. So I'll just be trying to... For both PGA and Nationwide Tour events, all of these tournaments will give me experience needed to reach my long-term goal of being a full-time member of the PGA Tour. Didn't reach that goal. <laughs> if you haven't, please check out my official website and blog. Both of those are down. But here we go. Um, how to become a Tour Pro. Midway through my first season on tour, the only constant has been the learning curve. Absolutely. In these past months, I've learned so much. What's more, the things I learned prior to turning pro. When I decided professional golf was what I wanted to do, I'd be began to learn so much more than I anticipated. I'll attempt, to this, I'll attempt to put this newfound knowledge into words for everyone who's in the same space I found myself. Boom, here we go. Step one, research. I Yeah, this is still the most important thing you need to do. If you want to turn pro, do your research and like dig in. So I'm writing this in 2008. I didn't have easy access to find things out you have to google you have to dig you have to spend time you have to reach out to people nowadays so many people just want the easy way out they'll just throw a log ball question at someone like myself and just expect someone like myself to answer it all for you and like do all the research for you but step one is research and the steps that i've broken down here in 2008 are still the same today so the first step, research what tours there are. Duh. We know there's, like it says, I wrote here, PGA LPGA Tour. But when you're turning pro, obviously there's uh, there's tours you have to start on. At the time, look at this. Canadian Tour, Gateway Tour, Hooters Tour. Gateway's gone, Hooters gone, Canadian is now the McKenzie Tour. Women, Futures Tour, now Symmetra Tour. CN Women's Canadian Tour, it doesn't exist. But I actually linked a list of golf tour. But, you know, now you have Swing Thought, you have west florida you have florida pro you have florida elite you have the mountain golf tour you have what is it g pro out west i don't know if pepsi still exists there's so many tours but all you have to do is go on google and google professional golf and then fill in your state and then you can find out what there is dakota's tour there's lots of tours out there and in you know that in canada you have the vancouver golf tour you have the great lakes tour you have um, I think there's one in Quebec, there's a tour going on, um, East Coast Pro Golf Tour, you have the Toronto Players Tour, so you just Google professional golf in your area, and you can figure this out instead of just expecting someone to tell you what exists out there. So the next part of research, what is the best path to the LPGA Tour, PGA Tour? Figure out what is popular pathway to the big show. Uh, this is still kind of relevant, but... Obviously, it's a lot different. The path has changed quite a bit from 2008 to now. It used to be, you know, you, you play, but you go to Q School and you could get a card, right, for the PGA Tour. Now, things are much different. The way to get to the PGA Tour is essentially through the Corn Ferry Tour. And getting on the Corn Ferry Tour is Q School or graduating from China, Latin America, or McKenzie. All of this developmental mini-tour golf, they're not necessarily... Pathways to the PGA Tour anymore, other than giving you experience and potentially confidence and money in your bank account. So yeah, research that. You need to know that. You need to know what your, you know, what it looks like for you to achieve your goal. Number three, what kind of play is expected on those tours? Yeah, look at the scores. I mean, now professional golf has gotten so good, and like a, a Twitter account like Monday Q Info. Just shows just how low everyone's going and guys you don't know about. Professional golf has gotten crazy, crazy good for whatever reason. You fill in that blank reason. Um, but for me at the time, you know, I looked on the Canadian Tour and it was like even to two under par would make cuts every week. So it's like I was aware of what I needed to do in my game after I had qualified for the Canadian Tour. I was aware of what I needed to do to to be competitive. I didn't. I struggled. The learning curve was so steep. But do that research. Look at the scoring. And if it's, you know, fill in the blank tour here that's close to you, and the scoring that wins these tournaments is, you know, shooting eight under par a day, and you just don't have that in your bag, don't go and play that tour because you're going to just struggle. You're going to push. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to shoot scores that are nowhere near winning, and you're going to potentially lose all your confidence. But if you do your research and you have a better understanding of finding a tour that really could suit your game score-wise, you know I would encourage you to go kind of play that tour. And it's kind of how Q School works. Do the research. See what past scores have been at Q School. If, if you're a grinder and, and par is how you play the game, find Q School sites that. Par is rewarded, not you need to shoot 1600 par to finish 30th and get through. Like, have an understanding of what kind of play you need. Four, check the credibility of these tours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, just, obviously you have to experience it a little bit yourself, but just taking another player's word for it isn't the best idea because if one player is butthurt about one little thing on a tour and they tell you oh this tour sucks why are you listening and taking that one piece of advice or that one piece of feedback checking the credibility it's harder to research this but in my early days of playing kind of the the 7 8 9 10 11 era there was quite a few tours that folded and didn't pay A lot of players. Like always a great anecdote is like James Hahn, Patton Kazire. These guys are owed tens of thousands of dollars from developmental tour. They're PGA Tour winners now, but they never got paid like 50 grand, 60 grand. Like it's crazy guys that didn't make their money. And you think at the time when... You know, a thousand bucks would go so long, such a long way, and you've played really well, and you're not getting getting that, man. So do your research. Just ask around. Yeah, you need to understand the credibility of these tours. I don't think it's as important now as it was then, but it's still something important. But of these these little research bits from 2008, it doesn't really travel. It doesn't age as well. Five the expenses, of course. Pay attention to the entry fees, the travel, you know, is there, do these tours offer private housing? Like understand that, understand what it's going to take. Just asking someone on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube, well, how much does it cost to play professional golf? Hell, I've made videos about the costs of professional golf where I broke down events, broke down summers, broke down years. I'll, I'll link those videos below, but those videos will give you a great understanding of what it costs to play golf. Back then doing that research was a, a lot harder because you know not everyone's tour websites were great and asking other players was hit, up and down hit or miss. But now you can get a pretty good understanding. Like if we reference that fill in the blank tour here, enter your state, um, you can get an understanding. Like a great example is someone in Orlando playing Florida Elite. If you move to Orlando and have to pay rent, that's part of your expenses. But if you live in Orlando, all your expenses are the entry fees. But if you're someone like me in Jacksonville, and I was when I was playing some Florida Elite events, my expenses were the entry fees, the hotel. Like there was expenses. So have an understanding of those expenses, so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into with this turning pro. So that's step one. Step two a plan. There you go. You've done all the research. You know what you're getting yourself into. Create a plan. When I look at this, a plan is, you know, you could say goal setting, but it also gives you like I wrote, I created a 5-year plan. I thought it was I mean it was realistic progression, but I I just didn't do it. I thought going from the Canadian Tour to the Nationwide Tour to the PGA Tour you know, so I set reachable goals each specific in the year. Like, year one was, you know, keep your card. Year two was this spot on the money list. Year three was corn or web.com or nationwide. Year four was this number on the, the nationwide money list. Year five was graduate and get on the PGA Tour. Like, that's kind of how it it broke down for me. And you can see that in what I wrote here from 2000. But here, the first step of my plan was to qualify for the Canadian Tour, which I did. Give yourself at least six months of proper preparation for that moment. That's pretty much, yeah, by the March of 2007, I was beginning to, like, yeah, start preparing. Hell, I've made videos about preparing for Q school. if you want to see those. Like, you need to know what you're doing and having a plan. You can't just aimlessly go at it. Oh, I'm going to turn pro. And if you're someone who thinks you want to get into professional golf and you haven't been playing golf your whole life or growing up in competitive golf, I would say your plan needs to start with getting a ton of competitive golf under your belt. So if you're in your 20s and you're just getting into it, you, you feel like you're a really good player, you think about turning pro at some point, you need to play hundreds of competitive rounds. Like someone like myself, by the time I turn pro at 24, I've been playing competitive golf since I was 12. So 12 years every summer, nonstop competitive golf. So I had a ton of competitive golf experience under my belt. And that prepares me just a little bit for professional golf. So if you have seven competitive rounds under your belt and you think you can turn pro in a year, you need to get a lot more. And you get that sample size. If you go, oh, I'm going to play five tournaments this summer and see how I do. Five tournaments isn't enough to see where your game is at. If they're one rounders, even if they're four rounders, that's 20 competitive rounds at best. If you have a six month plan and you want to, or one year plan to turn pro, like I said, like 100 competitive rounds, I think would be huge because you get to experience the juices. And see exactly what your baseline average is, what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, so make a plan, but the plan starts with your amateur progression into professional golf. And then professional plan is look at it, and that's based on your expenses. Look at the summer. Okay, I'm going to put here, 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 here. Fill in these blanks, these qualifiers. Create a plan, and then you you... You create your rest, your practice around that. Because the best players in the world on the PGA Tour, who you're trying to be and get to, they have a plan. They sit down at the start of the year with their team and they plan out their schedule. And that's why you always say, like the guys that graduate from Corn Ferry, and they say the biggest thing is when you secure that good status, you can create a schedule. What's a schedule? It's a plan. So when you create that schedule, you know what courses you're playing. You can prepare for them. You've picked the golf courses that suit your game. You can start preparing in January. You know, you look at the top guys for their majors. That's their plan. Everything's around the majors. The best players in the world are so in control of what they can control and schedule, plan, preparation, rest. You know, it's just like CrossFit athletes. They rest appropriately. They they train. They, like, it's just... You have to be so regimented and so stick to itness. Like Bryson DeChambeau, what he did in that yearish to change his body, guarantee you there was a plan there. So yeah, step two, plan. You know, it's the adage: those who fail to plan plan to fail. It's the plan. What I wrote in here is different than what everyone would be, but I think that's uh, that. That step is so so relevant still. Step three, financial backing. (laughs) Yeah, again, you've researched the expenses. You've created a plan. Hopefully that plan involved you researching and mixing in those expenses. So you know exactly how much one year, three years, five years is going to cost you. So now you need to find that financial backing. What You can read it here, but basically what I did was I had a group of 30 people at my golf club, roughly. Yeah, I did a fundraising day, like a tournament at my club. And then there was a group of five guys who kind of headed up getting roughly 30 people. Maybe there was like 33 at, when all was said and done. And this was for year one. I sold shares in myself. And we, cr- we kind of raised enough money to play year one. I thought we were doing it for three years. They basically said, we'll do year one, you keep your card, we'll do years two and three. How's that for pressure? I clearly could only think about keeping my card, and I didn't. So I was kind of out on my own from year two, thinking about money, going on credit, meeting people, then promising money, saying, yes, here's, there's going to be five grand here, 10 grand here. Sometimes it happens. sometimes it didn't. So for me, I made the mistake for basically year two, 2009, 10, and 11 of using my credit card to, to, um, fund my career. And I think that's what a lot of people, when they look at my career and they want to maybe criticize me and say, like, you look at your scores, you sucked. Well, um, I was doing it myself on my credit card. Big, big mistake. I would not encourage that. I basically amassed about $40,000 of debt doing that. It's, it's brutal. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You play well, the money just goes right back on the credit card. It's not like, oh, I'm going to play well. And then this money can go towards these events or this qualifier or this opportunity. No. So every fall, whether I had, you know, status or not, I I wanted to look at Q school, but I couldn't do it because I had no money to do it because I was in debt. So the financial backing is huge. And I've, I've said this to people that have reached out to me. Like if you can't commit 50 grand to give yourself a full year of doing this full time, don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. If you, especially your first time, first go at it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very hard. And you in scar tissue is going to form and trying to break from that scar tissue is very, very difficult. And, there's countless, countless players who just... The money struggles began too much. And you crack some some of the best players you'll never hear of had to stop. Because basically they ran out of money. So the financial backing is is difficult. You, you, you know, like I said, sell shares in yourself. It, people can invest. They get a tax write-off basically because your company will lose money in year one. Um, if you have family money, if you have worked a job or you save some money like take two years to just for example for canadians go work in the oil sands and just bank a ton of money and then have that money to go and play but if you have 10 grand saved and you're gonna give it a go and then see after three months or four months if you should keep going i'll tell you just keep that 10 grand and and invest it in something because it'll make money that way taking that 10 grand and, and trying to go play golf for three, four months with this caveat of if I play bad, the money's gone. If I play well, I'll keep going. Cause I made money. That's really tough. So yeah, you need to find people that w- believe in you want to support you and help you and aren't looking for something in return from you because they need to understand that it's all for loss. Like they're going to lose this money. And if, if they, get money great like i had someone who who connected with me after the youtube channel who who funded me for basically 2 years and we created this long term payout plan that if i did do well you know he was going to reap financially down the down the road which is a great i got so lucky it's kind of like how poker players are backed but you need to find a way to find financial backing using Instagram or using YouTube or these type of things, having a social media presence and trying to parlay that into financial backing is going to be very, very difficult because now you have two careers. You have the pressure of maintaining the numbers so that you can make the money, but then you also have to go focus on your game and play well So that that money just doesn't be wasted. So this is tricky. This step three is very, very tricky. I could go deeper into an entire podcast about financial backing. And I know the Monday Q info, they've done a podcast all about that. So you can check that out. I will um, link them as well. But there's going to be a lot of stuff linked in the descriptions of this episode. If you want to listen to other stuff. Um, Yeah. But step number four, coaching I think, yeah, if you if you're just turn pro or you're turning pro, these things, I think I added this into the article just to kind of close it on a high, not on a low of the financial because I say a swing coach, a conditioning coach, a mental coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is important, but I think everybody's different. Every player is different. What works, but I mean, you do see in the, the top players in the world have a team. There's a reason for that. Um, so, yeah, step four, I think, would be coaching team. Have the support in your corner when it comes to this. I think, uh, yeah, I think this, I don't need to get deep into it, but yeah, that's good. Step five, the transition. Uh, okay, everything is now in place. You did your homework, set your goals, the money's in the bank, and have a team of people coaching along the way. Now make the transition. Yeah, just turn pro. For me, it was go to Q school. I played Q school as an amateur, got my card, turned professional. The other way would be going on like a swing thought. And you're an amateur, well, you select pro. There's your transition. There's turning pro. To be a, a, a competitive player, that's easy. That's the transition. You basically say, you check a box. I am a professional now. There's nothing more to it. It's not like the BGA where you have to do apprenticeship, this, that, and the other. You want to be a touring player? Boom. You're a pro. That's simple. Step six, you're a pro. A few tips. Stay positive. Yep. Eat well. Yep. Find a gym. This is different, obviously, in 2008. A little bit harder to f- f- be a gym member that you could travel around the country. Now, easy peasy. Um, eating well, that's still super, super important. Staying positive, the hardest thing, like I said, bad things happen. Yep, 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 yep. There's just a way, you just have to kind of bounce back. Stay positive, stay patient, and just be devoted to your work. I think that's what I would add to this. Patience, along with that positivity, eating well, yep, enjoy it. Yeah, I wish I um, listened to my advice here. If I look back, I enjoyed it a little bit. Um, I enjoyed the travel, I enjoyed the practice, the practice rounds, but the competitive side of it, the pressure of, of earning my livelihood, my identity, really made it hard for me to enjoy it. I look back, and I have great memories, photographs, experiences. I traveled all of North and South America. I can enjoy it now looking back, but during it, I don't know how much I enjoyed it. So that is something I would really encourage. It's not like fluff or like, oh, just enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. It's, it's, I've made videos about this. I've taught, like I did not love golf for a long time and that's because of professional golf. I love golf now so much because of YouTube and yeah, I still want to compete. I still will be a professional golfer. I still want to play tournaments here and there, but I want to play well. Like I used to be a better player. Um, but I've, I just, I want to play well when I play. So yeah, I think uh, this article, a lot of it's still true. Twelve years later, so it's linked below. That podcast is linked below, and I think you can. There's a particular episode all about how players get their funding. Uh, I'll link the fu- like the videos I made about expenses of professional golf, and um, yeah, so much linked below. If you're not subscribed or you're not following on Spotify, please do that. This podcast is growing very, very slowly. But every good review, every subscription, every listen, every share really does help this podcast get to more people. And if you think there's people that you know want to, need to hear this as well or look through the old episodes, there's some great chats with some players who have had great careers and uh, are now looking back on them. And they're giving the lessons and, and the perspective and all of that. So thank you oh so much. This has been Andrew Jensen. This has been On The Number. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you in two weeks.